here we are again. Uh, Psychotic here. This one's going to be a solo, and I'll get into why. But this is, you know, welcome to. Thank you for tuning in to. Thank you for downloading, listening, whatever you are doing, streaming. Season 2, Episode 9 of The Closet of Nonsense. Um, this one's a solo, and I don't like doing solos. But this one's a solo for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, I'm busier than shit. I'm... I, uh, October is my busiest month every year. September is my second busiest month every year. And it's so busy right now um, that I I honestly can't think straight. I'm not sleeping much. I'm, I'm not eating much. I don't know what to do with myself except think about everything I've got to do. And when I'm not thinking about what I've got to do, I'm actually doing what I've got to do. When I'm not thinking about what I got to do or doing what I got to do, I am stressing out about not thinking and not doing what I'm supposed to do. So that's the primary reason. The other is that I don't know if you've gotten a chance to tune in or listen to other episodes, uh, particularly the last few, but there's been a lot of intensity this season. There's been a lot of emotion, a lot of, uh, I mean, I've gotten excited and I've gotten my guts ripped out a little bit. The last episode in particular with Josh Williams, I had separated into two pieces simply because it, the conversation veered from where we intended and the dude, the fucker almost made me cry. I mean, holy crap. Like, don't make me cry on my podcast. I'm an ugly crier. I'm an ugly dude, but ugly crier. Like, don't, don't do that. Don't do that to me. That's oh, bad news. Um, it reminded me of being on Trevante Jaramillo's podcast. Go from there. That dude loved trying to make me cry. And whew, not fun. Not fair. Dirty pool. That's how that works. Anyway, um, I needed a minute to kind of recollect myself. There's so much in the hopper. There's so much going on. There's so many people that I'm setting up interviews with that are going to be equally as intense and equally as interesting. And honestly, I really thought about doing this episode in particular with a couple of my friends because I am extremely lucky in that it's my favorite time of year. I love Halloween time. I love it. It is my absolute favorite and so many people that I'm friends with or colleagues with or, or just get to experience my life with, it's theirs too. And I'm not talking the fucking commercialized spooky season. I'm talking people who really love the idea of being frightened of special effects and makeup and being somebody else. The, the sexiness of it, the control of it, the power of it, the ability to frighten other people for that adrenaline rush you don't get from hang gliding or bungee jumping, that jump you get not from being on a carnival ride, but from just truly having something frighten you. And I love that. I love the fear of the unknown. I love the fear of the imagined. And I love the fear of the paranormal. Those things all combined really draw me in. And I'm lucky in that they draw many, many other people in. I... When people talk about their favorite holidays, so many people say Christmas. I love Christmas. I don't. I don't love Christmas. I hate Christmas. Um, I have my own reasons for that. Uh, they're all personal. It has nothing to do with anybody else or anything else. I just I hate them. But what I hate most is when I go to get my Halloween decorations at Lowe's or, or Walmart, and there's Christmas trees up. And it makes me want to throw everything and light fires everywhere, and that's not healthy. So I try to do my Halloween stuff every day of the year so I don't have to think about it. Because that's the way it should be, in my opinion. Um, I've been into Halloween since I was a kid. My older sister, who is a phenomenal artist, always kind of drew me in as one of her very willing 
I will say, subjects. And like in sixth grade, she made me into a Ninja Turtle. Her senior project, one of her senior projects was to turn this, it was a vinyl chair for fuck's sake and paper mache and taxidermy parts and it's crazy latex. She made a Ninja Turtle costume that looked like Michelangelo from the movies of the, of the, from the nineties. And I was, I was, I was, I was a God for a couple days. It was so cool. I really dug that. And it really got me tied in. I remember being as a little kid being Jack Nicholson's Joker and thinking that was cool. And everybody else was being heroes and I was the bad guy. So that should have been indicative and kind of led people to know where my brain was going to go. When everybody else was like, I want to be a superhero. I was like, I want to be a zombie or I want to be like a murderous robot, you know, those kinds of things. And I didn't have an interest in horror movies back then, but I really liked the idea of the, the scare of the unknown, like going into cemeteries and being, Oh, there's ghosts and Oh, there's, there's vampires and Oh, there's werewolves. I loved monster movies. And as I got older, those monster movies became true horror movies. And I remember a nightmare on Elm street three was one that I really loved Terminator. I love Terminator. The original, that's one of the greatest non horror horror movies ever made. It's not meant to be a horror. It's meant to be a thriller and sci-fi and the, paradox of time and but it's it's pretty extreme and there's just a lot of kind of scary shit in that i mean robocop's scary at a couple points if you really want to get into it um i just really enjoyed those films um jeepers creepers and and those was they came out uh candy man i loved those films I loved the, the, the feeling of uh, the rush I would get from those. And I've tried to hold on to that. Now I've seen a lot of real shit and that changed me. So I don't, I don't like using the term desensitized. It bothers me. I don't believe that we're ever truly desensitized things, but you, you have, you have different learned coping mechanisms when you see true real life traumatic horror. It's a real problem. It's a real thing. And, and it changes you when you see it in special effects. And I was learning special effects so much so that I can recognize what's real and what's not. I can recognize when something is truly frightening or truly going to work. And and it makes it fun for me. Um, I like exploring that because I don't believe that as adults, we play enough. We don't play pretend. We don't become other people. And there's a huge stigma in Halloween. You know, oh, it's just an excuse for that girl to dress like a slut. Who fucking cares? Let her. She feels powerful. Let her. If, if, if she wants to explore sexuality for one day out of the year, fucking be okay with it. Shut the fuck up and let it happen. If somebody wants to be Abraham Lincoln or a zombie or fucking Captain America or their fucking favorite teacher from middle school, who gives a fuck? Let them be that. Let them enjoy that. Let them be that person. It brings a sense of joy and catharsis that we don't get as adults far too often because we forget to play. Our version of of enjoying ourselves is so tied to commercialism and capitalism and what we can afford to do. We we stop to consider sometimes just playing make-believe is the greatest thing we can ever fucking do. Halloween is one of those times... For one, it's a very American holiday. Um, it's only in the last, I'd say, 25, 30 years that it's really kind of gone global. And there are other nations that that celebrate, obviously, Ireland, Japan. Did you hear me go through puberty for a second there? Holy shit. Ireland, how's my singing voice, guys? Um, sorry. Uh, mommy, sorry. Mommy, mommy, sorry. Sorry. Uh, yes, this is how my brain works. I haven't slept. I told you guys, I haven't slept. This is how it's going to be. 
these are the jokes. Um, you, you, I have friends in New Zealand and, and Australia and friends in Great Britain, and they talk about Halloween. They do, but they, they view it so differently than we do in America, particularly here in Colorado. Colorado is one of those, like, for, for us, Halloween starts around mid-September and goes until pretty much the turkey's on the table at Thanksgiving. We don't really know how to get over it. We have horror film festivals. The Telluride Horror Film Festival, if you ever get a chance to be in Colorado, in on Western Colorado, and go to Telluride during that weekend, fucking do it. Holy crap. Those guys are amazing. They put on a hell of a, a show. Every film, they've, they've discovered some amazing, amazing pieces of work, and everybody gets behind it. It's just amazing. Um, it, seriously, go do it. If you get to go to any film festival, any independent film go to it. Go do that. Do yourself a favor and do that. Enjoy that art form at its purest before the big studios get a hold of shit. Do it simple. At least once. Everybody should do that. But we, I mean, we have zombie crawl. We didn't do it this year. Um, COVID concerns didn't do it last year because of COVID. You know, it's supposed to return in 2022. Literally thousands of people wandering the streets of downtown Denver dressed as zombies or zombie fighters or something related. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And I love that this whole state seems to just kind of get behind it. Like it's the most natural thing in the world. I see people in costume all over the fucking place every day for weeks. And it makes me feel normal and happy and whole because I realize that I'm not the only one who thinks that Halloween should be every day of the year, that we should always be willing to dress up and be a monster or be whatever the hell we want to be and not be judged for it. It's a choice. And it, and it's a direct reflection of so many people who fight every day to be who they are just to be who they are. And they have to fight for that. That's unfair. It's a, it's a horrible part of the human condition when you get to choose it and you get to play it as a character, it's a bit, it's freeing. And I think that we need to do that way more often. Again, we need to play. We need to play simply. There's a reason I have Nerf guns on my DJ rig and in my van. Like I love the idea of just going into a Nerf fight or randomly hitting somebody with a, with a water balloon or I just, my friends are starting to ride bikes. I'm talking to my grown up friends, like my 40 year old bartender friends are riding bikes and it makes me so fucking happy that they're doing something so simple and old fashioned, quote unquote. I dig it. I dig that. And Halloween is supposed to be that. And so when I talk to people in other countries, they're like, it's so different. It's so, you know, it's so watered down or it's so simple or it's just like, there's like, maybe like a few people at this bar go and do this one party or, but they still get into it and they still understand it. And I always end up talking to people like they ask, well, you know, what is Halloween really to you? And, and I've studied it. Obviously I went through and yeah, it's a, it's a pagan, right. And it, you know, it's a celebration of the dead and the connection, but it became a very Christian thing too. And for a lot of years, that's kind of what it was, was this, you know, in, in Latin American countries, you got Dia de los Muertes and, and the day of the dead and, and the celebration of those who have passed and connecting with them and, and reconciling with them and remembering them and speaking to them directly. That's not weird in, in those cultures. And in the U S it's weird to talk to the dead. It makes you crazy. Um, though so many people talk to God and that's not crazy. I don't quite understand, but Halloween is one of those times where it's like, we do connect. Um, I remember the concept of devil's night, um, which if you don't know what that is, I, feel bad for you. And if you're a goth and you don't know what it is, um, you need to watch a movie 
just, oh my God, seriously, go watch a movie. And if you don't know which one it is, find a real goth friend to ask them because you're not a real goth and I'm sad for you. I'm very, very sad for you. Not goth sad, just sad in general. Um, you know, I love that concept of, uh, that was introduced of, of chaos and then death and then reconciliation. And that's what that's supposed to be is this triad of, of how we deal and how we answer those questions. And it brings up the difference between faith and fact. And I love the paranormal. I love the paranormal. I've been a paranormal investigator. It's something I plan to bring to this podcast down to. I'm in the works of trying to get it locked into live podcast and record with full cameras while we do an investigation with a pretty well-renowned group of investigators. I am working on that. It's not very easy to figure out just logistically. It's very difficult, but I am working on that. Everything from ghosts to Bigfoot to aliens, the unexplained is a very key element in my life. It's always something I just want to know. Um, I was talking to a friend last night and she's like, sometimes I get in these tangents. I just find it and I have to know everything about this one subject for no reason other than I had a question and I didn't know the answer to it. And that to me, that is my biggest thing. If I don't know the answer to a question, it will bother me enough usually that I go figure out what the answer is. I have to look it up. I have to go find out. So those things we don't have answers for, cryptozoology and extraterrestrials or certain UFOs or, you know, those things, like I love that because it's the only thing I don't feel like I can get an answer to that is tangible to an extent. I really love the idea of letting fear excite you. Letting anything excite you, any emotion, if food excites you or sex excites you or music or art or film or any, if anything excites you, truly excites you, I'm not talking vulgar. I'm talking just gives you a sense of adrenaline. If going on, you know, going roller skating with your best friend is what is your moment. Fucking take your goddamn moment. Take it. Fucking take it. You need to take it. You deserve to take it. And the world deserves for you to take it. You should spread those things. And so when you can look at things that we can't explain, do you believe in them and that's good enough? Or do you have to have the fact? And so many times you talk to skeptics and they say things like, I have to have proof. There would be proof by now. And you talk to believers and they're like, I don't need the proof to just believe. And that is at its core, the difference between faith and science. Science believes something exists and tries to prove it. Faith believes something exists and has no need for there to be proof. And I really subscribe to both parties. I believe that faith is incredibly important. Trust and hope in those things are very important. But I also believe that knowledge and fact and math and science, those are very important. It's this balance we have as humans to have both. And in a world and a country that is so divided, Halloween is one of those rare times where we put the faith aside, we put the science aside, and we just try to have fun with it. It's okay to be a vampire, even if you don't believe vampires exist. It's okay to be a werewolf, even if that's just a monster story. It's okay to be anything you want to be for a moment and believe in it for that moment without judging yourself or being judged. That's, that's the key. That's the, you find that balance. And, and I know a lot of people don't think of it that way. For me, yes, obviously I loved Halloween as a kid because I was a fat bastard and I really fucking loved candy. Yes, absolutely. That was what it was about. But it's changed as I've gotten older and it's become, a, a, for me, a release. 
I do consider myself very blessed and very lucky to have been surrounded by so many people that do agree. They subscribe to that same, they drink that same Kool-Aid like they do. And they believe in trying to find an element of wholesomeness in horror in in the frightening in, in, and take the, the real horrors of the world and, and put those aside for the ones we can control, the ones that we can look at and go, I'm in charge of this moment. It's not real. It's this. And I think that's why so many people, whether they realize it or not, when they watch a truly scary movie, when they don't like it at the end, it's because they felt that they lost that control. I mean, the, the, the greatest thriller ending I ever have thought of is The Sixth Sense. That movie, the twist in that, it was the, the cinematic reveal is done so brilliantly. And I, I, I feel so frustrated that, that Shyamalan has not done a film of that caliber since. I mean, what do you do when you come out of the gate that good? You're, you're not going to succeed afterwards. I mean, and he just floundered, floundered, floundered for so long. I mean, yes, he's put some really good material out there, but nothing compares to that whole concept of, and people hated it. They hated the twist because they're like, oh my God, I never saw it. And now I'm scared. Now I've, I've got this frightened moment like, oh, that was so real to me. I was so invested, so connected. What does that say about me? And I love that there are those elements. Like when we talk about what's frightening with, with Freddy Krueger or Candyman or, you know, any of the, the scarecrow, when we, when we talk about what's scary about them, it's, it's in your face. It's obviously scary. There's an element of unknown. There's an element of monster, demonic, the religious, the whatever. I mean, when it's, it's, he was a pedophile and he was burned to death and he's damned for all eternity to be this, that kind of stuff to me is us trying to fight back at the things the, the demons we don't know how to fight. And I try, especially in my art, year-round, not just in Halloween, but year-round to express that same sense of discomfort. I want, when I'm creating a true piece, I want people to look at something and go, I hate that I'm kind of turned on by this. I hate that I, I kind of like this disturbing image. What does that say about me? I want you to question yourself. I want you to wonder what it is that strikes that chord in your brain, in your psyche that makes you question it. And I want you to remind yourself at the same time that because you question it, it means you're, you're probably okay. You're probably not this fucked up person that you suddenly feel like. And that's why I like when you go to a movie and you have that feeling of triumph at the end. And that's why they make sequels, because it's like, well, let's re- let's revisit that triumph. Let's kill him again and again and again. Let's let, let, let the good guy win. The brilliance of the Scream series is that it brought that in a such a new way, in such an interesting way, to people that they never would have looked at. And Wes Craven is had, always a genius. Everything was genius, and everything was, was just so on point to that particular click and scream is one of those that Ghostface could be anybody Ghostface is all of us that's the whole point is that we get to all be we're all the killer but we're also all the kids running away we're the kids getting crushed in the fucking garage and we're the kids being scared and being stupid and running upstairs and people talk about that as a joke, like, oh, I'd never do that. You know how many people I go and scare just screwing around, and the first thing they do is lock themselves in a corner or go upstairs? 
dumbasses. Don't do that. You know better. Watch movies. They teach you not to do that, and you still do that. Why do you do that? Why? Be better. Do better. I still think it's 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 more than just the, the, the entertainment factor, though. I believe that, yes, it's entertaining, and yes, we get that adrenaline rush, but it's that, that idea of altering your own paradigm enough to believe that something is truly evil and that it's out there and that we can fight it. And when we don't fight it, when we lose, that's when you leave a horror movie and you're like, ah, I don't feel right. And you're still kind of just skeeved out when you get home and you check. I love that. I do. Cause you don't have that. I mean, when you, when you jump out of an airplane, you don't worry about, you know, the parachute not working once you're on the ground. You don't think about it over and over and over again. You know, you don't look behind your door to make sure the parachute's there. You don't look in the, in the, behind the curtains. And as the, the advents of technology have come on, like I know that I have friends that they just went and watched the new Halloween movie and they were like, it's very cheesy. It's filler, blah, blah, blah. I haven't watched it yet. So don't spoil it for me. Um, yes, I'm going to watch it. Even though people say it's pointless, it's just a filler movie. Great. I'm still going to watch it. I have to, it's a thing. Um, I know a bunch of them and they're like, dude, I just don't understand, you know, getting scared. And my favorite thing to do with those people is to send them video I have or pictures I have or ones that I found or collected where they're very believable ghost encounters or spirit encounters. I have, you know, and, 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 and understand right now, I've been a bunch of you just checked out a bunch of you just went, oh, shit, he believes in go. Yes, I do. I've seen too much not to. I've seen too much of many, many things. I've been to many weird places and experienced too much of my life not to. And I've been lucky enough to catch some of that on film or catch it on audio. Not just investigating. A lot of times when I'm just doing stuff, I mean, hell, I was filming a friend who was doing a pull trick at the the strip club. And we ended up with an ectoplasmic orb on camera. And everybody saw it with our naked eyes. And we got it on film. And everybody went, what the, what the fuck? I love that moment. I love going to the Stanley Hotel and people are like, oh, this is where they filmed The Shining. It's scary. And I'm seeing a face. I'm like, do y'all see that? Or going to the Hotel Colorado in Glenwood, anywhere in Glenwood. Glenwood's so damn haunted. Glenwood Springs, Colorado is so haunted. It's fantastic. I love going there and telling ghost stories and seeing stuff and hearing noises. And I love talking to my skeptic friends who have witnessed the same things like, ah, that was explainable. That was this. And I love debunking too. I love that. I, that's what I love about watching shows. That's the reason shows like Ghost Adventures exist, and and we watch them. That's why it's not just the entertainment value and the fact that we we like the the people. It's we want to see the truth. We want to see the real experience. And I love the skeptics. They're my favorites. They're always the ones where I'm like, they're trying desperately to make sure that this isn't real. And when they can't prove it's not real, it opens that possibility that it could be real. And those are the important moments. And there's a reason that I send these things out. The real stuff after somebody watches an obviously very fictionalized creation. I love telling the stories like people behind the you know the movie The Exorcist, and I tell them the real story, or I tell them uh, the exorcism of Emily Rose, and I tell them about you know it's about an actual woman in Germany and, and everything that went on with her, like that people went to jail for what happened to her. I love telling the real behind it and and linking them up and giving that history and giving that story because it. It does two things. One, it does creep you out even more when you realize, oh, wow, this really happened. Like, this is based on something real or this is based on this or this is this folk story or this is this this pagan belief, this story told down over the last hundreds of years. But it also gives a sense of control back. There's a historical, factual basis behind this fantastic fictional creation. And, you know... Urban legends in particular 
Supernatural is a great example. The first couple of seasons of Supernatural, there's so many urban legends that they explored and went with. And those are because they could find them. They were easy to find. It was, you study a little bit and this is this thing that you heard in this region or this area, the Mothman or the Vendigo or Skinwalkers or these things that are regional or set up according to different religions, faiths, tribes, what have you. When you open that up to other people who have never experienced that, it's another cultural experience. It's another religious experience. It's another view into a world that maybe you took for granted or never recognized before. And now you get to kind of see where somebody else's thoughts are, where their fears are, what their, what their excitement is. And we spend too much time in this world focusing on what we view as important rather than what we feel is important. And I am always reminded always reminded during Halloween time how much what I feel is expressed in my art, my music, my writing, even with my kids, how we relate, how we play, how we talk, what we do. I I feel like that should be a year-round thing. And I don't think we should need costumes to do it either, but everybody wears masks. Everybody wears masks every day of their life. Some literal, some figurative, some both. But if you're constantly playing a character anyway, shouldn't the character be like what you really want it to be? Shouldn't it be something that excites you and makes you feel like you've you've given yourself over to an idea that is greater than yourself and you live to that expectation, that ideal? That's what Halloween is to me. It's not just scary shit and blood and zombies. Sure, that all exists. It's not just superheroes and kids and candy that also exists. But for me, it's a connection. It's a, it's a human connection. And I'm a person that doesn't deal well with, with the human connection at all. Suck at it. You put on a costume and it's something we can joke about or something we can talk about from how you made it to why you did it, to what the character is, to how great that movie or cartoon or whatever was all of that. It's all, it's perfect. And that's what we don't spend enough time doing. We don't spend enough time focusing on that stuff. We focus on money. We focus on time. We focus on age. We don't focus on each other at our core. We don't see each other for what we like. Those things matter. That's not shallow. That's, it's okay to enjoy books, movies, films, things like that. Like, that's who we are. It's part of who we are. And we don't celebrate that enough unless there's a reason. If that reason's Halloween, great. Halloween should be every day of the fucking year. I'm going to leave on that one, I believe. Um, If you didn't know the song on the way in, man, man, really, really? That's the Egbert remix. Uh, Come on. Come on. You got to know what that is. Um, If you don't, again, I feel bad for you. Uh, Like or dislike Michael Jackson, he had great music. And that's a fucking fantastic mix. And then on the way out here, I could not do it. Um, I, I have like eight different mixes of this is Halloween that I use. Uh, this is the the white dubstep mix. It's a trap remix. Um, look these up on YouTube. Seriously, like celebrate these artists. Give them a little bit of play because they, they put in the time. And, and the fact that there are so many Halloween based uh, remixes and things like that. I love it. Um, 
And you know what? Nightmare for Christmas. I'm, I have an unpopular opinion on that one. Check my Twitter if you don't believe me. I, I really don't don't like the love concept behind that movie, but I really do love that movie. I really do love that movie. So, yeah. Again, don't be alone. Uh, we are getting into the holidays. It's getting going to start getting a little bit colder. It's going to start getting a little bit lonelier. We're going to start thinking about family and distance and all those things. And for some people, last year was really hard. This year's not much better. I want to make sure that you know you're not alone. Uh, no one's alone. Please reach out. It's not just about, you know, connect to your friends, connect to your family, send memes, send a quick note share a memory, what have you. It doesn't have to be a long conversation, but don't feel alone and don't let yourself be alone and don't let anybody else fall through the cracks because we lose too many good people that way. Um, this year's been a lot easier than last as far as that is for me, but I, I actually recently lost a couple of people that were pretty decent people that they didn't have to go. They didn't have to go at all. And I don't want to see more loss, especially as we get into the holidays here. 2021 has been a bit of a shit show, not as much as 2020, but you know, I think everybody thought we would be normal by now. And I knew that we weren't going to be normal because normal is a fucking t-shirt. It's not, it's not anything we actually get to know. Uh, it's expectation. We hope, uh, that being said, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And, uh, thanks for listening in. Keep, keep, keep those messages coming. Keep hitting me. You know, we're not getting a lot of social media play, but we are getting emails and we are getting people talking to us through the platforms. Please keep doing that. I absolutely love it. And, and you're going to be really happy here towards the second half of the season. You're going to see some of the original cast of characters kind of roll back through and that's going to be kind of fun too. It ain't just me because I know I'm boring. I'm sorry. I'm very, very sorry. Anyway, y'all have a good one. Happy Halloween. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Peace.